0: Hello friends and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets Podcast, part of the Locked Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single penny and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, there are some updates from around the NHL and and some stuff involving the Jets that I thought would be relevant to discuss. We are now into the final weeks of uh, essentially the pre-preseason. We're going to have some preseason action coming up, I think, towards the end of this month and into October. As you can tell from tonight there being an episode, we are returning back to our daily format, so you'll be getting a lot more content over the next several months. I hope that your time away from the NHL has been restful and and certainly filled with some family time, staying healthy and staying safe and enjoying all of the wonderful bounties of other sports that you can watch. I know a lot of you are probably NFL fans. You've had a pretty uh, pretty crazy first two opening days. As a Ravens fan, I myself have been absolutely in awe of what exactly has been going on. And if you've seen any of the Ravens games, you know that they've all been kind of crazy, to be honest. So I'm kind of hoping that the Winnipeg season is a little bit less chaotic, maybe a little bit more... Um, Straightforward, I would say. I I don't want to have cardiac arrest every single game. Although, I guess if you aren't almost dying, it's not really a fun hockey game, is it? Speaking of the Jets, I thought it would be wise to talk about some of the news surrounding Winnipeg. Um, One of the biggest pieces, and I think this actually brings up a really good conversation, but it's that the Jets have terminated the contract with uh, Sami Niku. He's been placed on unconditional waivers with the intention to terminate, which I don't think anyone is super shocked by. Honestly, I think Niku's ability to be an NHLer probably passed a couple of years ago, and I think this is the biggest question with him, right? What could Niku have been for this team? And the reality is the Jets are never going to find out. Unfortunately, with his development trajectory, you know, Niku never really got the support or took the steps that he needed to in order to make the leap from the AHL to the NHL, and I think that is always a sticking point with a significant portion of the fan base, and and partly me as well. Because I feel like Niku had a lot of skill sets and tools that would have naturally lent themselves to some things that Winnipeg, quite frankly, lacks. Now, you know, I think one of the biggest questions is, in a situation like this where a, a relatively top prospect ends up failing, who who really takes the blame for this? And in in this case, I think it's both parties. I've seen rumors about Niku maybe not having the most visibly active work ethic and that at times he was uh, the kind of guy who really wouldn't seem like he was tracking back a lot and, and not as defensively aggressive as as some of the other guys, which I do understand, right? But I also think at a a broader level, what's, what's wrong with this whole situation is that the Jets were asking Niku to be something that he really wasn't. And I feel like at the AHL level, they sort of understood that he was a really active defender. He liked jumping into the rush. When it came to offensive possessions, he was incredibly gifted, especially in creating space and opening those shooting and passing lanes. But once Sami was asked to essentially get caught up to the NHL level, it was it was a very different approach with him. And I think a lot of that stuff with his, his relative defensive inexperience, maybe the lack of visible work ethic I would describe it as, and the coaching staff's own interests in making a more shutdown kind of defender out of him, I feel like all of these circumstances put Niku in a nearly impossible situation. I don't think that there was ever a way he really would have thrived under the certain uh, roles and and stylistic changes that he was asked to make. Niku's not somebody who does really well with a lot of slower, patient play. You know, Sami needs to be cut loose. He needs to be driving up in transition with the puck. He needs to be a guy who is very clearly an offensive catalyst. But with the way that the Jets were kind of giving him very soft competition, not really giving him a lot of room to breathe, and generally speaking, not having the defenders as active in the offensive buildup, I feel like all of that sort of stifled whatever Niku would have brought. And once you saw him inside the defensive zone, it's immediately obvious why the team decided, well, we're going to keep benching him for a while. I've said this ages ago, but it would have been a very different story for Sami if he had actually been given a real chance to thrive. You have to pair him with somebody who's a really aggressive, very active puck carrier, someone who's dominant in possession, in part because it takes a lot of the burden off of a young rookie, and it also allows Niku to kind of do the better stuff that he does in in more detail-oriented plays, maybe as a more complimentary piece, something where he doesn't have to be the lead defender in his pairing. I think there was a real shot for him to have genuine power play value, maybe somebody who could be a, a good 5v5 offensively-minded blue liner and, and somebody who could create a lot from the back end, but ultimately we never really saw that with him, and in the limited stints that he did have, unfortunately Niku was just very bad. But I also look at his performances and think, well, he really was never given the kind of situation where I would imagine he would succeed, right? And that's kind of where this both-side situation comes in, Niku may not have looked like somebody who had a really strong work ethic, and the team itself didn't really seem interested in giving him the sort of room that he needed to grow. Now, the name that naturally gets mentioned alongside Niku is now Heinle, because Vili is one of the biggest D prospects the Jets have ever had. He's Finnish, he's left-handed, which naturally puts him behind a lot of the other veteran D in the pecking order, and obviously he hasn't really played a lot since Maurice introduced him for just a couple of games. I think where Heinle might have a little bit more of an advantage is that Vili was very much a high draft pick. Uh, a lot of stock has been put into him. He succeeded at the uh, the U18 and U20 levels for Finland. The Jets are keenly aware that Heinle plays a really mature game, which I think gives him a distinct advantage over somebody like Niku, who was a much longer shot. He was, what, like a 7th round pick? And I think in a lot of ways the Jets... Maybe didn't value his particular skill sets as much because it really was, in a lot of ways, very one-dimensional. Now, mind you, that one dimension was really exciting and very active, but I can also understand why, at the NHL level, you might not feel super comfortable with that. But that really would have been something to discover ages ago and not, you know, towards the, the middle of his prime when he's barely even seeing actual NHL or AHL ice time. So, for Nico I feel like it was a really big missed opportunity. I don't think Heinola is going to suffer the same fate. If anything happens to Heinola, I would imagine he gets traded first. You know, the Jets would probably be looking for some really high-end help up front. But otherwise, I do think he figures into their long-term plans unless something really awful happens. I'm not quite ready to put Heinola in the same category as Nico in terms of risk, but let's hope the Jets make the right choice and don't freeze him out. Aside from the Jets, there is quite a bit of drama from around the NHL, and I think Vancouver has one of the bigger issues going on, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Before we move on, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Fantrax should be your number one destination for all your fantasy sports needs. Hockey fans, I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's called Fantrax. Fantrax's free NHL Fantasy Hockey League manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today and get a special offer for Locked On Winnipeg Jets fans. You'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash on and sign up. With Fantrax, you can have fantasy your way. Whether you want an Ultimate Keeper, Dynasty, Redraft League, or even more, the options are endless. Coming from another service? No problem. Fantrax can import any of your current leagues and customize if needed. Make a mistake during drafts or trades, Fantrax gives commissioners all the tools and power they need to make sure their fantasy experience is the smoothest in the industry. Whether you want to set up fantasy leagues for football, baseball, basketball, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, and more... Fantrax has you covered. I've been running a Fantrax Dynasty team for years, and I highly recommend it to you too. There's never been a better time to get into the game, so go sign up for free today. And again, when you do, you're automatically entered to win an official NHL-Signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash locked on. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV all together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract whatsoever. So get rid of that clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's DirectTV.com. Stop waiting and get your TV together with DirectTV Stream. Compatible with device required. Content varies by package. Go to DirectTv.com for more information. Hello friends and welcome back to this episode of the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We are uh, taking a look at some stuff from around the NHL and I I think one of the biggest situations right now that is still underway, at least in terms of like player stuff, is in fact the Vancouver Canucks in trying to sign Quinn Hughes and Elias Pettersson. Some information came out today that suggested that both Elias and Quinn are actually not super close to contract extensions. It sounds like Vancouver is trying to do a shorter term deal for both. This is kind of a strange spot for the Canucks to be in because you look at their contract situations and certainly a lot of the cap hits that they've incurred themselves. And, you know, Vancouver's in kind of a weird place, especially with a lot of their young stars needing extensions in the near future. And if you have to let Pettersson or Quinn end up going somewhere else, you're not going to be happy about that. And I think Vancouver really should be considering longer term what the future of these two players is. Elias is the one that I would prioritize. I think Pettersson has game-breaking ability, even if, you know, he doesn't really look like the kind of player that immediately jumps off the page. I think what he does, especially in terms of his defensive work and his overall impact on the ice uh, paired with his elite shooting, makes him really one of the most attractive centers out there. Quinn is super exciting, super dynamic, and a ton of fun, but I think you can kind of consider him maybe a little bit more replaceable than somebody like Elias. And and bear in mind, this is me saying this between two players. If you had to choose, you you keep both of them no matter what. But hypothetically speaking, if one of them ends up wanting out, you know, I would probably say Quinn would be the first guy that I would choose. It's really close, though. I think Petr for me, just is is all around a more complete player. He plays a really vital position, and in general, he's just a a franchise forward. Now, for other teams that might be interested in acquiring either of these players, which I don't think is going to happen necessarily, but, you know, let's just say it, it could be a situation that the Canucks find themselves in, I don't even know what you would try to, to trade for a package like this because you're looking at Eichel, who's probably one of the bigger market pieces out there, and Eichel has not moved at all. Now, of course, Jack's circumstances are very different. You know, he's he's openly disgruntled with uh, the Buffalo Sabres management. Everyone pretty much knows that he wants out. It's not exactly a secret, and and certainly... The whole medical issue with his surgery has been a major sticking point. He's also signed to a really big contract, and it's not something that's so easily moved, especially in the time of COVID. But in terms of just all things being equal, let's say we're talking about pure player ability here, that's the closest comparison I would think of for somebody like Pettersson or Quinn Hughes being moved. And quite honestly, they should command a fortune. If you had to choose between the two, I I would easily package just about anything in Winnipeg's roster for Pettersson. He's that kind of franchise talent. I think he's a true quiet leader on the ice and somebody who has a dominating shot, peerless vision, uh, pretty pretty good skating. I would say, and certainly has the skill sets to both make your power play much more dangerous and really be a a driving force at even strength. I know Pettersson kind of took a step back last year, but. Really, Vancouver as a whole was pretty bad, so I wouldn't lean too heavily on that. Elias has shown that he is a a true sniper with genuine playmaking ability and actual defensive acumen, which is, it's not something that you often see with centers like him. And I think he would be a much more balanced player for the Jets, which is something that Winnipeg doesn't have a lot of abundance of is is certainly balanced, right? You've got lots of shooters, but maybe guys who aren't so good in transition, players who don't defend as much, and some other issues with play-driving ability. If you're including Heinle in part of a package, it has to be for somebody of that caliber like Pettersson because that's the only acceptable return. Of course, Pettersson and Hughes aren't the only players that are currently waiting on big contracts. We're still awaiting Brady Tuchuk's deal with the Sens, which, honestly, that negotiation sounds like it's even further apart. In fact, you know Ottawa doesn't really seem super keen on resigning him. That, to me, is very curious because Tuchuk seems like the kind of player that fans love and who genuinely brings a positive impact on the ice. I think the Chuck's biggest issue is that he doesn't put up, like, a-, a crap ton of points. In terms of being somebody who's just a menace in the low slot area and creates all of the space and opportunities, that's kind of his game. He's very physical, he's got that same nasty edge as his family, and he loves throwing the puck at the net, but I do wonder about the ultimate upside of his ability in terms of a guy who is maybe being asked to be a future captain. Even given his finishing problems, I still think he's worth the price of admission. I think he's got a lot of ability to be a very strong player down low and somebody who can create that space to allow your your more gifted shooters to find their way past defenders. But if you're looking to trade for him, that is a, a more interesting proposition. And I feel like he's the kind of target I think the Jets could actually acquire. I don't think Winnipeg's really in the vicinity of somebody like Pettershawn per se, but a Brady to Chuck that you could bring in who would play the kind of style that Paul Maurice likes and honestly ticks off a lot of boxes for needs for the Jets I'd be super down with. A strong, pesky top six center who can also be a really driving force down the middle and create the space for guys like Kyle Connor without really sacrificing a lot of defensive ability for me, that's a really attractive package for somebody that the Jets quite frankly don't have enough of. I know that Tuchuk has issues with finishing and certainly his shot selection seems to maybe not be super great but I feel like there is genuine value in his ability to be a relentless net front force, and I feel like his ability will just naturally translate to points when you actually pair him with really gifted finishers like the Jets have. And maybe his trade package really wouldn't be quite as expensive as somebody like Pettersson. He doesn't really have the numbers for it, and I feel like his overall game might not be viewed as something that is particularly attractive to a lot of teams. Tichok certainly has his own warts to deal with, but in terms of a guy who might be a really underrated trade target... I think Winnipeg should maybe take a gamble and see what they can get out of Tuchuk. I'd be curious to know what your thoughts on Brady are. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at L underscore Winnipeg Jets. What would you trade for Tuchuk and do you think Brady would be a good fit with the Jets? I'd love to hear your thoughts on Twitter. Before we close out tonight, I do want to talk about one other thing. I thought it would be kind of cool to talk about what I'm most looking forward to this season and what really excites me about the Jets for, for this upcoming season. I know that in the past I'm like, this team... It's a little bit hard to watch, but I think this is the first season in some time where I genuinely feel more optimistic about him. Before we get to that, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why Bilt Bart is the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change, and as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Bilt Bart is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Bilt Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good, so stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130-180 to 180 calories, 4-5 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 70-18 grams of protein. Bilt Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best-tasting protein bar on the market. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Before we close out tonight, I thought I would give some thoughts on what I'm personally looking forward to this year and maybe some signs for optimism. Of course the first one that everyone talks about is the revamped defense, but I have to say, in terms of more than just it being a lot better, I really feel like the players that the Jets brought in fit a lot of their specific needs, right? Dylan is a strong defensive presence who's very calm in possession. He's good on the puck. He's not a liability in the defensive zone. And he can actually help you when you need to make a clean zone exit, right? So that's positive. But then you bring in Nate Schmidt, and Schmidt adds a really dynamic, diverse toolset that the Jets, frankly, haven't had in some time other than guys like Neil Pionk. Which, look, I love Neil Pionk, but he's only one dude. And I feel like that issue has kind of plagued the Jets. Aside from DeMello and Pionk, there are not really... Any Jets D who are capable of competently moving the puck and creating offensive opportunities off of zone control, which is something that Winnipeg has struggled with mightily. This is the first time where their roster up and down the lineup in terms of the blue line actually has at least some level of puck moving ability. I wouldn't really want to rely on guys like Logan Stanley a lot, but if you have a top four of DeMello, Pionk, Morrissey, Dylan, Schmidt, any of these guys kind of cycling around uh, different roles and stuff, I, I feel like that is probably the most balanced D lineup the Jets have had in ages. You know, Winnipeg doesn't often get blessed with a lot of top ND, and maybe none of these guys really step up and end up taking that number one spot. But if you split the minutes evenly and let them kind of do their thing, I think the Jets are going to be in much better straits. I see Winnipeg potentially being in a sort of Pittsburgh Penguins mode where the Jets' D isn't exactly something to write home about, but it does enough of the job to get it done and allows the forwards to kind of get freer and and do their thing, which is something that the Jets' forwards haven't really been allowed to do for the past couple of years. Winnipeg's offense has been asked to play really conservatively and be part of the defense more so than anything, which quite frankly kills a lot of what the Jets are good at. Winnipeg is a talented goal scoring team, but if, you're, if your forwards are constantly asked to drop deep and prevent counters and stuff, unfortunately it will come at the cost of actual offensive hockey and that's something that the Jets have kind of not really been able to get the balance right with. This year though, I feel like they're actually going to do it. If Maurice trusts the defense as much as he says he does... I feel like Winnipeg is going to be in better straits. We've already seen that Maurice is capable of cutting the team loose, and when he does, it tends to be pretty decent. Will it be perfect? No. I think the Jets are going to make a lot of mistakes. I think the first couple of weeks are going to be... A pretty uneven performance, and certainly I could see Maurice trying to tamp down on some of their more aggressive tendencies, but overall I feel like this team is primed for a big bounce-back season. If the Jets can get above break-even in terms of scoring chances and opportunities and and expected goal share, I feel like Winnipeg is going to be pretty decent. You know, this Jets team has a lot of tool sets and some bona fide talent to work with, and then they've got some really talented rookies who might make the team even better over the next couple of months. I really feel like Cole Perfetti at some point is going to earn his way onto the roster. I don't know when it's going to happen, and maybe it's not, you know, early in the season, but at some point, if Perfetti gets called up and he starts performing, he's going to be there to stay. Gustafson will provide support. You've got Jansen Harkins, who I don't really feel like Harkins is going to be a difference maker, but maybe he has a bigger season. Christian Veselinan is also waiting in the wings. There's a lot of genuine talent there to work with and if the jets play their cards right they can make use of all of it with within reason right there's a lot there to uh to be excited about so this season, I feel like the Jets are on track to at least make good on some of this trust-the-process-nonsense they've been preaching for the past several years. It's not going to be as good as 2017-2018, but I think the Jets are going to be a fun team, and that's that's mostly what I'm asking for now. I'd love to know what you're looking forward to this season, so be sure to let me know at Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets, and maybe I'll talk about it on one of our upcoming episodes. For tonight's show, though, that is going to do it. Before you log off, don't forget to check out one of our other great podcasts, Betting on the Winnipeg Jets doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!